Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Not Without My Sister. I'm Rosemary McCabe and I'm joined by my sister Beatrice McCabe. And today we're answering a listener question. A listener wrote into us and asked, what advice would you give somebody who's moving abroad? Beatrice. First, I'd like to just clarify, why am I joining you? Why are you joined by me and I'm not joined by you? Because I'm the star. I'm the star and you're my supporting actor. I'm the character actor. Exactly. Just like Jack Black. So I think we should give some background to this as well. I have moved country a couple oh of times. Oh my God, how many times? Um, I moved from Ireland to Italy, but that was just probably with like two suitcases. And then all visitors were forced to bring like additional suitcases of clothes, etc. over the next couple of years. Didn't mom bring your sewing machine over as hand luggage at one point? God, did she? I don't remember that. Did she? I think she did, yeah. That seems silly because the plug wouldn't even have worked. I moved from Italy to Paris. I moved from Paris to New York. So I did the transatlantic move and then was shocked to have to wait three months for the furniture, etc. to follow on the container. You've had that experience yourself. I moved from New York to Dallas and that was with work. So that was like work organized, et cetera. And then I moved from Dallas to Fort Wayne, which also was work organized and funded, et cetera. Well, funded to an extent. And now I find myself on the cusp of, shall I make another transatlantic move? Shall I stay in Fort Wayne? Rosemary's face is looking sad, which was the goal. Or shall I move somewhere else in the States? I really don't feel that tempted by that at this point in my life. I feel like as somebody said to me recently, I'm in Fort Wayne. I don't really, like, I have a good practice built up here. I don't really want to start over. And so that's why I'm in Fort Wayne, even though I don't love it. But, like, it's a convenience. And I feel like right now with four kids and a nice house that I love and a swimming pool that I just fixed, do I want to move anywhere no, except no. except Dublin? Except no, Dublin. no, you don't want to move. Sorry, you don't want to move full stop. I'd love to move back to Dublin. You definitely wouldn't have a swimming pool in Dublin.
So, Rosemary, what about your own history of moving? Now, you've moved, I've also moved house within that, like something like 19 times, but. Oh, yeah, listen. In Dublin alone, I think I've moved house 19 times. I've had a ridiculous history of jumping from house to house. And let me tell you, it was never my fault. Anyway. (laughs) No, no, I just mean, you know, sometimes you look back and you're like, God, I've had a lot of like, you know, interesting housemates. And then I'm like, maybe I'm the interesting one. And they've all just been completely mainstream. Jesus. Well, by interesting, did you mean interesting? I think you meant it sarcastically. So then in that case, it's definitely you. I meant interesting. Interesting. It's a way of not saying anything offensive is what I meant. Exactly. So then it's definitely you. Okay. Well, I moved to Milan. Well, no, I didn't move to Milan. I went to Milan for like 12 weeks. I'm just saying I, I live like I consider that I lived there for a summer, but I don't consider that I moved there. I thought it was six weeks. It was at least 10. It wasn't sure. six weeks. No, I'm not sure right at now. all. Mom's not going to remember. Mom's going to tell you it was two years. Mom will 100% remember. She remembers everything numbers related. <laughs> I thought you were going to say everything related to me. Well, also. But then I moved to Fort Wayne in March of 2020 in an excellent, excellent strike of timing from me. March 14th, 2020, I moved to Fort Wayne. It was incredible. It was supposed to be the 20th, as I read in your book, and it was actually expedited due to the pandemic. I know, due to Trump not understanding what the Schengen zone was. That was good. We had such a nice time that summer. Oh, we did. I think about it. I don't even think about it fondly. I think about it with great wistfulness. I'm like, I wish me and my baby could just move back in. Well, it was also the being at home, the working from home. Like, I mean, yeah. we were very, we were very lucky. So, like, I realized that the pandemic was not this, you know, it was not blissful. We were all terrified, also, but we were terrified with the idyll of the lovely garden and like being outside at these long summer days, kind of going. When this is all over, also living in America, living in Fort Wayne was very much like I'd say it's actually ninety percent of the population in Fort Wayne was like acting like this wasn't a thing. Oh my god, I saw somebody today in my mom's group saying. Is there something going around that um, has upper respiratory symptoms and tummy problems? My kids are all sick and literally everyone's like, eh, COVID. Rolling my eyes. I was just thinking that this weekend, actually, as I was in Indianapolis with the kids and we went to the Children's Museum. And uh, to say it was packed was an understatement because I'm really realize I realize I haven't been to a ton of places. You know, Nash, as we were driving down, was like, we haven't been away for ages. And I was like, we really haven't. We went to Disney, but like we haven't been... We have, you know, we stopped kind of doing weekend trips or yeah. day trips, you know, like unnecessary kind of entertainment trips sort of yeah. went by the wayside yeah. and uh, it was absolutely packed. And that was my first thought. I was like, I'm probably going to get COVID. Was anybody wearing a mask? I mean, two of the 400,000 people, but it was great. <sighs> I'm glad. I'm glad it was great, but I'm not it was glad. Great. I brought the kids to, I mean, I brought the kids to see a lot of culture. We went to the Children's Museum, saw the dinosaurs, which I thought were phenomenal. They loved, there's a Minecraft exhibition, which they absolutely loved, which just had Minecraft games to be played. You're like, you could do this at home, lads, right? Oh, then, I don't care about this. You know, no. There was like a crafting table. There were all the full-size Minecraft creature, like whatever characters. They were in heaven. Then I brought them to the mall. They were like, that was the best thing ever. And the Lego store, yes. Then I brought them to the art gallery. And Nash actually fell asleep for the entire 30-minute presentation of the the impressionist Monet interactive exhibition that I was bringing them for. Like I turned around there, he was on the floor. Anyway, so back to what, so what are your, so your moves, especially your transatlantic one was much more recent than mine because mine was 15 years ago at this point, I think. So not, not so recent, but I still have some, I still do have some memories of it, but like, what would you say to somebody who is planning to move abroad? Like you're a good planner. And I'm obviously a relatively good planner, but like, I don't think about it very much. So what would you say? 
Well, based on my recent experience, I would say don't leave everything to the last week because I had great plans for the last week that I was going to go to Penny's and stock up on X, Y, and Z. I was going to meet all the people that I hadn't met to say goodbye, you know, to have one last coffee and one last cinnamon scroll and like four last pizzas and boco. And then obviously I ended up leaving a week early. So my advice would be don't leave everything to the last week just in case you have to bump your travel up. I think one of the things that I spent a lot of time doing in the weeks before I left was packing up all my stuff that I was like, I'm going to want all my kitchen stuff. I'm going to want this. I'm going to want that. Like I was very attached to my things. And then I obviously didn't get them brought over for, I think, two years between COVID and everything. And mom and dad were packing them up. We were getting movers to come to the house. And then it took something like six months from the time that they picked them up to the time that they arrived here. And in that time, I have to say there was a significant cooling off of my affection for a lot of my stuff. Including the bags of big biros that you had. No, no. I, I would actually like to say those biros, I'll share a link to those in the show notes. Those are the best biros ever. And I will defend my decision to bring those biros because a friend of mine recently texted me and said, oh my God, Rosemary, I was just thinking, what were those amazing biros you had when we worked at Stellar? And I sent her a link and she was like, I've never found a biro that nice. Okay, fantastic. But how much did it cost you to ship everything over? <sighs> well, in all, I think it was about 1600 euro. Okay, so could you not just have rebought those biros on this side of the of the ocean? Yes, but there were other things in the shipment. And let me tell you, the only things of value in that shipment were two chairs, were a chair that belonged to our maternal grandfather that I own and a chair that belonged to our paternal grandfather that is now yours. They were the only, I think, furniture items and they were the only things looking back now that I'm like, they were really worth shipping over because they're beautiful. And every time I look at it, I remember, you know what I mean? That it like feels like a real family heirloom. I would say that to that point, uh, it's actually a really great purging method. Uh, so when I'm actually tidying up the house or whatever, I go, would I want this on the other side of a move? Do I want to unbox a box and then have to worry about where I'm going to put this box and where I'm going to put all the paper that was wrapping it, etc.? do I want this badly enough to have to unpack it on the other side? And very often the answer is no. And that's why I've got a big bag of paperbacks that I'm planning to donate. A ton of Joe Nesbo's. I love Joe Nesbo, right? I loved all his books. I have about 12 of them. And I was like, I'm going to do what one of my cousins does and re-gift them. I'm going to give somebody a 12 set of Joe Nesbo for their birthday, which I don't know how I feel about secondhand books as a gift, but like, there's nothing wrong with them. It's a great gift, right? Um, I just don't normally do it, but I was like, maybe giving 12 of something is, is good. But anyway, mm-hmm. Back to the point, like, do I actually want to pay? I've already bought it. It was $20, right? Per book, whatever. $20 a book. I looked at them the other day. I've already read them. Am I really going to read them again? See, I have a lot of these books thinking my kids will read them at some point, but like, they're never actually going to read 4 million books that are on the bookshelf. Like, are these critical books for them to read? They could buy them again. I'll probably pay more in shipping than like repurchasing Mm. them on, on the other side. And so I think about like, what do you actually want to unbox? What's really important to you? What can be purchased again? Like there's a certain point as well where you're going, I'm not going to repurchase every piece of bedding, et cetera, et cetera, because that's going to cost a lot of money. But on the other hand, maybe that's okay. Like how much of a fresh start do you want to have, et cetera? Yeah. And I mean, when I was moving over, I really had it in mind that I would need all of my kitchen stuff because I knew I was staying with you for a while, but I also thought that I would move into a place on my own before I moved in with Brandon, whereas I actually went from your house to Brandon's house and then he already had a whole load of stuff. Do you know what I mean? So when I was making the move, I was kind of like, I'll need this for my fresh new apartment that's just me in it and has no things. I just realized you are so like mom. You've never lived alone. Have you never actually lived by yourself, Rosemary McCabe? 
excuse me, I rented a house in Dublin, a little terraced cottage in Kerwin Street Cottages in Stony Batter, and I rented it completely on my own. I lived there with my two cats. How dare you? For how long? About six months until the ceiling started leaking. Oh. That wasn't my fault. I was prepared that to stay there long for the time. long term. Thank you. You're right. That is a long time. Oh yeah, mom never did. She like lived with her parents and then she bought the house with dad, supported dad for ages, brought him over Siggy's of an evening and then moved in when they were married. She was such a well-behaved fiance. Well, all of that to say that I also think very, very, very practically, something that one underestimates is boxes. When you are preparing to pack where are you going to get all these boxes? Are you going to buy them new? Or are you going to ask somebody else who's just moved to give you all their boxes? Are you going to rock down to Kroger or like, you know, the local Super Quinn or whatever and ask them, do they have boxes? You can, boxes actually end up being really expensive and it's not something that you anticipate, especially if you're moving like a full house. So that's a big one to think about. And then the other one is to go back to your um, conversation about kitchen, especially if you're moving, if you're having your goods shipped you have to remember that you're going to probably move in somewhere before you get your stuff. So you're going to end up like, if you think about all the things that you're going to have to buy, like you're going to buy knives and forks, you're going to buy plates, you're going to buy three saucepans, whatever, a kettle. Don't bother bringing those things because you're going to have to buy them anyway. And then you're going to have double. The things that I was particularly precious about packing, I mean, I was precious about packing everything as evidenced by the Byros conversation, but stuff like my Le Creuset kitchen things and mugs and stuff. And I mean, I'm glad I have them now because they're kind of things that I've had in houses that I've lived in over the years. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I'm like, would I notice their absence? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. Of course you wouldn't. No, I know. And I also, um, another thing that I would say, absolutely do not bring these things. I brought a whole load of bedding, like duvet covers and pillows and stuff, because I was also trying to think, what is the most sustainable thing to do, right? Is it more sustainable? And actually, in hindsight, I'm like, it's probably more to actually put them in a container and ship them over. That's probably worse for the planet than just buying new ones. But part of me was like, I don't want to just bin these things and then buy new ones and then them end up in landfill and me end up with new ones. But I actually should have just given them to friends. I was going to say, could you not just have given them away or donate them? Why do they have to go in a landfill? Well, a lot of the stuff you donate ends up in landfill anyway. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. My childminder has just texted me to say Atlas has not even looked for me. He has not stopped playing since I left. <laughs> I, I told her, you. I texted I told her and I said, um, I said, let me know if he, oh my God, I feel foolish now. I meant, also meant to say, if he's crying hysterically and inconsolable, I can come and get him. I know Did you the, write this? Yes. I know the first few weeks might need to be gradual. <laughs> <laughs> she sent me a picture of him playing away with another little girl. She said, actually, he has not quit playing, hasn't gone to the door looking for you yet. Smiley face. And Rosemary's like, smiley face, turn that f- smile upside down, please. I'm raging. Listen, Rosemary, that's the way it always is. Nash was the only one who cried and like sobbed at the door. The rest of them never looked back. Imagine Bo. Bo's like, finally, where have you been all my life? <laughs> Hi, I'm Bo. I have a nice body. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember mom took him to Smith's and he kept complimenting people? He is a great complimenter. He's very chatty. He hasn't complimented well, okay. me in a while. Is there, is there anything that you regret not bringing with you? No, because I brought absolutely everything, Beatrice. I don't think there's anything. Uh, I don't think there's anything that I left behind. Well, I there is actually, lots of stuff. You gave away all your nice furniture and your nice Dunn's credenza. Oh, yeah, my nice Dunn's sideboard. I do. Well, I didn't give it away. I sold it to my friend. I'm yeah, I regret that. I slightly regret that. That was very nice. But I don't know. Well, would it have cost even, like, would the shipment have been even more? Because I got quite a small one because I didn't have any big furniture to fit in. So would it Not, have been even left, more expensive? If you'd left the bedding and the big buyers behind, you could have fit in that credenza. <laughs> the big and you could have, would have fit in the drawer. Forget about the big buyers. They barely took up any space. I'll tell you what I regret. I had a beautiful sofa beautiful tufted sofa when I lived in Dallas and I was like that's not going to fit my new house where's it going to fit I give it away so I gave it away to a friend of mine I regret that with every inch of my being because I coveted that sofa for so long finally bought it and then was like oh it doesn't really fit my house anymore so I would say like unless you know this is it your forever home like don't give away furniture just because in that moment it doesn't fit this precise architecture of that house because it would have fit this house really well do you know what I mean like yeah, back in Dallas, we had, yeah, we had a house that was a bit like more kind of clean line, simple. And the the sofa was a little kind of uh, Victorian kind of, it was like a bit more Victoriana, like it had the turned wooden legs and everything. And it looked a bit out of place. Should have just put it in the bedroom, thrown clothes on it and been happy until I moved to the next house, you know, did none of that foolishly gave it away. And it was beautiful. So anyway, regret that. But that's the only thing I regret. Bring all your art. That's what I would say. You have to get, so I'd say like on a practical level, also be aware that a lot of times when you move things, you have to get somebody to come in and create things for you, to create art artworks for you or to create glass tables. And that can be a service that's provided by the mover, but it can also be not provided. And you have to find somebody else who literally come in and like build a custom crate around this artwork, especially if it's like large or in the case of our glass table downstairs, you know, they create, they 
create this crate and then put the glass table, like take the glass table apart, put it inside and basically and pad it out. Crate. Yeah, pad it out yeah. and then package it back up so that it won't break in transit. Things like musical instruments, very often if you're moving between stops, like if when we came from Dallas to here or from Ireland to America, very often it was like a three-week transit from Dallas to here, three months actually from Dublin to New York. But very often as well, if you have things that are sensitive to humidity, etc., like guitars or musical instruments, you have to be very specific about that and ask for temperature-controlled storage because otherwise they'll just leave oh, it yeah. in like a random container, etc., and it could be damaging, could warp your product. That's also true for artworks, for specific furniture. If you have expensive handbags, uh, clothing, you have to just really think through kind of what could be damaged in storage and what needs to be temperature controlled. So that's another consideration. And then I've also done it where, obviously, did you package or did you pack up your own stuff, Rosemary? Did somebody do it for you? Well, Beatrice, I packed up all my own stuff and then gradually over oh. the next few months, mom opened every box and would go, I was just looking in that box. Why was that in there? And then I'd get packages from Ireland that would oh. have like random items from a random box that she just opened and decided to send to me. You're looking very stressed now, I know. And then when the stuff arrived, you were like, where is all the other stuff that was interesting? You know what? Actually, that would be my top tip would be like, do not leave any of this in the hands of anyone else. Pack up the boxes, tape them like booby trap them so they cannot be opened <laughs> and leave instructions these are to be sent over because honestly the amount of phone calls as well that we had back and forth oh. with mom going ah rosemary now actually she was right in hindsight ah rosemary you don't want your duvet covers what i opened i know you said not to open but i opened that box and there's a pen in there do i want that pen you know this kind of stuff where i was just like leave my boxes alone but then it, I mean, it sounds humorous now, but it became really fraught with tension until eventually. Oh my da- God. Her dad messaged that time all in capital letters and he was like, no more talk of boxes. We yeah. will not look at another thing. But it turns out mom had unpacked loads and put them on the shelf and never put them back. I know. But also, sorry, dad had a total like failure of patience at one point where I was like, okay, dad. Any of the paintings that are in Ikea frames, right? I was like, you can take them out of the Ikea frames, roll them up and send them over in a tube. Anything that has been professionally framed, keep them in the frame. Beatrice, I said that. I get it. I get it. Professionally framed. Okay. Yeah, I know. Mom's like, write that down. I don't need to write that down, Claire. And then what happened, Beatrice? I got several Ikea frames sent over to me and at least two professional frames got unframed. (gasps) Are you joking? No. (laughs) <laughs> swear to god like they were literally like oh, wait you don't need to tell us again okay so america is a unique situation but what about visas or work permits well i suppose i'm assuming this particular person if they have planned to move abroad they have sorted out their visa or their work permit um within the eu i'm pretty sure you can work anywhere as an eu citizen okay so hold on so obviously you've never worked anywhere in the eu excuse me i worked in that bar completely above board paid taxes and everything what I mean is you've never had the experience of going to apply for a work permit. You may be an EU citizen, but certainly when I was in Italy and when I was in Paris, you had to go and get a residency document and a work permit. Really? Like even though you yeah, you weren't Ugh. allowed to just rock up to work. So I remember going to the Questura in Milan. And all I would say is make your appointment, make sure you have every single document that you would ever possibly need, along with at least two photocopies of everything on you when you go. Make sure you have a checkbook, which sounds ridiculously archaic, and yet somehow for loads of these things, only checks are accepted. And in America, that's truer than like in the post office in America, they still only accept checks, right, for for your passport, but you can pay for other things with credit. Like, I can't even. Actually, maybe that was only in my 
local passport office. But anyway, and be prepared to stand in line for at least the full day, if not. I was just about to say, bring a book. Bring a book. Do not argue with anybody. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't argue. But I mean, that's for yeah for American visas for anything. Don't even in in pre clearance at the airport. Don't argue with anyone. Don't make a joke. Oh no. Mm -mm. Don't make any jokes. Stay incredibly humorless. Stoic. Incredibly patient. I mean, honestly, just the questura was so stressful. Like how many times I was sent back. You don't have the right documentation. We actually close at two o'clock, and then they take their three hour lunch. Come back tomorrow. So there was a lot of a lot of that and a lot of not understanding, especially because I didn't have, you know, Italian at the time. And when you're moving abroad, if you're moving to a country with a foreign language, oh yeah, I'd also recommend if you can, if you have the option, move in with people who are actually native From speakers. There. Mm-hmm. Don't move in with your mates as tempting as it is. Move in with people who will teach you the language because it's the fastest way you learn. Oh yeah, but it is so much nicer to live with people you know, though, isn't it? But like, I, know, I, I agree with crack. you. I had great crack in Milan living with the Italians. So logistics aside, Mm -hmm. what would you say to somebody moving abroad in terms of like how to meet people, how to make friends, that kind of thing? Go out all the time. I'm so shocked. I used to go out all the time by myself. I used to go out all the time by myself. Go out by yourself all the time. Everybody will chat to you. Will they? Go to the local, yeah, go to the local markets, go to bars, go to bars, restaurants, I mean, I don't know what you mean. Like, go out. That's how you meet people. As Bob used to say to me when I was at home crying about not having a boyfriend in Uthor at Stratham County Kildare. I don't know how you think you're going to get a boyfriend crying on your bed. Go out. I was like, where am I supposed to go, Mom? Go down the village. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to go down the village. I was always trying to go down the village and hang out with Rosemary, my friends. Rosemary, I was probably 18. Well, I was going to say, because I'm not really the go out type of person. Well, at least not now. I think it depends on what age you are as well. What is, sorry, why do you make me think that? I wouldn't be going to a bar on my own. Would go out to a restaurant. Go to I'm the library. I'd be ordering a lot of takeaway on my own. Go to, go the, to the library. library. Go to co- Who's making go friends to, in the library? Go to a coffee shop. Go to the local park. Where, Who's where are you going? friends in the park? You look like a creep. Go to what? the coffee shop. Why do you have to... Have, like, you don't have to have a drink in the bar. You can have a coffee. No, but I mean, like, do you just get talking to random strangers then in a coffee shop? Ye- Yes, Rosemary, I'm sorry. You seem to think that like these friends or these people that you're going to meet are going to be your best friends and have everything in common with you. You have to go out. I'm not going to be going to bars. Yes, you are, because you just asked me how you're going to meet people. You're going to go to bars. You're going to go to Well, I was actually, no, no, I wasn't asking you how I was going to meet people. I was just saying, what are your suggestions? I'll tell you my suggestions. One of my closest friends in Fort Wayne, I met through Instagram. I didn't have to leave the house. Well, I did once I became friends there, then I left the house to meet up with her, but I met her through Instagram. (laughs) Oh, that's true. Yeah, you do that. You also went on Bumble. I went on Bumble BFF, which was just a bit weird, but I think obviously that depends on where you are. Because I think being in the Midwest, when I joined Bumble BFF, there were a lot of women my age who were like, I'm a mom of 17 and my oldest is 14. And I was just like, I'm too young to have a 14 year old, even though obviously I'm not. But like, I found that... Just just a lot of people on Bumble BFF who were like, I'm a mom and I'm looking for mom friends. And at the time I wasn't a mom. So I was like, I'm just looking for friend friends. Do moms only have mom friends? Here, I'll tell you what else I joined in Milan uh, and in Paris, actually. Uh, the local badminton club. And I met all the expats. Loved that, actually. That Teacher, was great crack. Yeah, how did I not know that. this about you? Your secret double life as a badminton player. I love badminton. What are you talking about? When was the last time you touched a shuttlecock? Last summer, I have a badminton net in the garden. There was even romantic intrigue in the badminton t- in the badminton club. God, it was great. Between you badminton. and someone. Yes, Rosemary. 
And between Julie and someone. It was actually, it was great. It was great. By, crack that by romantic intrigue, do you mean you were intrigued by somebody romantically? Potentially. That's the intriguing <laughs> part. <laughs> we'll never know. What else should I join? You know, I always wanted to do life drawing. That'd be a good one to meet people. Oh, well, I've actually thought about volunteering as a life drawing model. It'll shock you to hear. Obviously, I mean, depending on your life stage, as you said, like working in a bar was great to meet people. Oh, yeah. Met loads of people. I worked in Pogue Mahones in Milan. That was great. Met like millions of people. Also, you worked in Cape Town. I never worked in Cape Town. I worked in Cape Town. Yeah. Did you work in a bar in New York as well? No. When you moved to New York, you were just working full time at DVF, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Or in Paris. God, yeah, it was a lot of energy back then. I was working full time as well when I had my job at Pogue Mahone. Oh, I know. Very hard. A lot of energy. I don't know how you did it. I don't either. Very hard working. Well, I what you were like 20 or something. So I suppose that's how you did it. I mean, also very single, right? So like I didn't have anybody else to worry about. We well. also didn't have four kids. You were sleeping through the night probably. That's exactly right. What else did you do? So you did Instagram, you did Bumble BFF. You also joined a book club. You also joined Fort Wayne Moms, Fort Wayne Cool Moms. I did join all the groups. Okay, that's just on Facebook. I joined Fort Wayne Moms and then I joined Fort Wayne Cool Moms in brackets, not the other moms group with a thousand rules. I'm in both of them because I'm a rebel. And I have joined a book club through that. And then I joined another book club through my friend who I met on Instagram. So I've then met five or six girls through that. And you've met people through me. So leverage your friends. Yeah, leverage your friends. Basically, how how I met my friend Hannah through Instagram was I was talking about being an adult and trying to... I think I was talking about Bumble BFF and how hard it is to make friends as an adult if you're not going, let's have a play date with our kids or whatever, because that's what I was finding at the time. And she reached out to me and said, oh, I've just moved here too and I find the exact same thing. And then we arranged to go for coffee. So I would say reach out to people if that kind of situation comes up where you see somebody who's talking about it being hard, to, you know, being hard to make friends or asking where they should socialize. You go, hey, let's socialize together. And obviously it's easier to do that in the summer, right? Like in the warmer months as well. It's much easier to hang out and go for a walk or like instead of, to your point, having to meet in a bar or like it's not so great because mm-hmm. sometimes I think you meet people and you're like, let's go to the theater, let's go. And then you don't end up chatting. Like sometimes I've I've made plans to meet people at things that you just actually don't end up conversing at at all. Yeah, but I do think there's kind of a happy medium in a way that sometimes if you arrange to meet somebody for just lunch or a coffee, if one or other of you is a little bit shy, it can be kind of awkward. So it can be nice to go, let's go to the museum or let's go somewhere. And then you can kind of chat while also having something to distract you. There's not as much pressure to just chat, chat, chat. So what do you think the biggest shock to you in moving abroad has been? What was the biggest unexpected aspect of it? I mean, the biggest shock moving to America has just been the kind of culture shock that I think we tend to assume that because we all have the same language and we watch the same TV and we watch the same movies and we kind of share a culture in one way that we're going to then have a shared like-mindedness. But I just think the culture here, the politics are so different and that's been really hard to get used to. But I think the hardest part for me has just been, and this probably speaks to my own emotional neediness, if I was at home and I just was having a day where I was like, I need to go and sit on someone's couch and drink tea And either talk or not talk. I had a few people that I could do that with. Whereas here I have no, or or like I have you, but I don't have any friends who I would go, I'm having a really, really shit day. Can I come over? You know what I mean? You're saying in a specific moment you miss them, but I'm actually thinking you miss them. Like I miss the people and I miss the, um, it is the people. It's the people and the crack. Like we all joke about the crack, but like it sounds so Irish to say, I miss the crack. It's like the word crack is not one that I ever use. 
And I no. certainly never used it when I lived in Ireland. But like now I know what, what people mean when they say, like, I miss the cynicism and the dark wit and the sarcasm and the appreciation of mean jokes and evil Just humor. the hilarity, the hilarity of being Irish. Like when, um, when I told the internet that we'd had our baby and I said, born this date, Atlas Eddie Wallace. And somebody online was like, <laughs> Atlas Eddie sounds like the lad in the pub who always knows how to get somewhere. You go and you go, oh, why don't you ask Atlas Eddie? It was great. <laughs> like so funny. Whereas I think Americans would be like, that's so mean. Oh yeah. Or they just, would they just be like, why would you joke about a baby? <laughs> right? <laughs> We all laughed so hard at that joke. It was gas. So good. Oh, here comes that Lizetti. <laughs> know it all. <laughs> but yeah, I do miss. I'm like, I also miss, I miss having somebody, you know, if I go, oh, I hate that person. An Irish person would be like, oh yeah. An American person would be like, why? Oh my gosh. Why do you hate oh, them? hundred like, oh. <laughs> percent. I, I, I do find all of, I do find the earnestness very draining. Like that's what I'm talking about. I just, I want some like knowing cynicism and a kind of like enjoyment, the, the, the Irish enjoyment, the revelry of just, you know, misery, like that dark humor is just very enjoyable. Yeah. And I really yeah. miss that, you know, yeah, the kind of grumbling that like, if you grumble here, people are like, Oh, what's wrong with you? You're like, nothing's wrong with me. I'm Irish and it's raining again. You know what I mean? You're just like, I'm just giving out to give out. Like, it doesn't mean anything. The other thing that I find just bizarre is, I don't, it's not oversharing per se. It's oversharing in my opinion, right? Because I'm Irish again. Like the time that the counselor told me that I was, I, you know, that I did all this psychometric, whatever, psychological evaluation for work. I had to go and, and be assessed on like your, your logical reasoning and your strategic reasoning and all this kind of stuff. And at the end, she's like, you just have, you know, she goes, you did well in this, did well in that. Like, here's your results. And she goes, you just have, you know, a high, uh, you scored high on self-abasement. And I was like, no, no, I'm just Irish. And she's like, no, I think like there's, you know, there's a self-effacing quality here that, you know, really speaks to something much more profound. I was like, no, no, like really, I think I'm Irish. Because like, and I was trying to explain this to my own therapist today. I was like, we would say, at least this is what I think. I'd be like, oh, no, if somebody gives you a compliment. You're like, no, 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 thanks. Thanks a lot. But like, no, 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 I'm not that good. At it. Really, mm-hmm, you're thinking to yourself, mm-hmm. I am very good at this. But like, thanks a lot. That's kind of embarrassing. You're also you know? embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whereas... There's just an earnestness that I'm not yeah. used to still. You know, you're very good at that. I, I, yeah, I've been working on it really hard. I, I'm really proud of the progress I've made. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> that is the incorrect response, you vain yeah. moron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, excessively uncomfortable now. I need to leave. <laughs> what I actually can't, I don't think I'm ever going to get used to is and I think I experienced this when I worked in the cheese shop as well. That sometimes, like when I worked in the cheese shop in Ireland, Americans would come in and you'd just be like, oh, like take it down, the volume. But Brandon, I'll walk into a coffee shop with Brandon sometimes, right? And they'll go, morning, how are you? And Brandon will go, hey, how, how are you doing? We're good. And I'm like, oh my God, stop. You know, you're being so loud. Everybody's looking at us. Stop talking. Wait till you bring him back to Ireland. You're going to be mortified. It's going to be oh brilliant. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to have to be like, do not speak. I will order for us. But I mean, then on the other hand, you know, so we're talking a lot about America. And then I think about when I lived in Paris, I really enjoyed the kind of negative. The, it's so sort of, everything's so understated. Like, I don't want to say it's negative. It's more like if something's good, it, it's not terrible. It's, it's okay. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. You know, it was okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is kind of a, like a loose cynicism. 
would that be like was, yeah kind of a well it was just very kind of um understated and like you know kind of very cool in terms of certainly wasn't cool to say everything was great and everything was mm-hmm. awesome you know yeah at all right and then yeah. i moved straight from there to america and i was just shocked but also the, the the thing i actually remember the most that i found really 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 hard to deal with for probably the first 6 months of moving to america was the fact that i could understand everything being said around me after I had been in countries where it wasn't my native language. Mm-hmm. I hadn't realized how much headspace I had, how much white noise there was around me because mm-hmm. like, I wasn't sitting there allowing people's conversations to intrude on my own headspace. And it was, I actually found it very zen. I didn't realize it at the time, but when I moved to the States, I remember being on the bus and just feeling like totally overwhelmed and exhausted, totally like a barrage of just noise of people's words and thoughts and conversation. And I really hated that. Yeah. I really didn't like that. I'm used to it now, obviously, but like I wanted to go back to that kind of pristine state of headspace that I really, really benefited from, I think, in France and Italy. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And you know what? Actually, here's my last point. The biggest culture shock moving to the States has been the notion, the concept, the reality of chicken salad. There's a new restaurant, Beatrice, opening up in Jefferson Point called Chicken Salad Chick. And I was very excited. I was like, oh my God, great, a salad restaurant. Thinking it would be like Sprout in Dublin and would have these like big bowls of delicious fresh salad. This restaurant, Beatrice, has a single piece of iceberg lettuce and then a scoop, a perfectly round scoop of mayonnaise chicken on top. That's the chicken salad they're talking about. Mayonnaise chicken salad. It is shocking. And that's something like, I remember one day I said to Brandon, I was going to make chicken salad for dinner. And he was like, oh, great. And then I produced some grilled chicken, some leaves, some tomato. And he was so confused. She's You know what? I'd like to, I'm not speechless. I'd like to criticize it, but I feel like I don't want to put you in an awkward position because I guarantee you're going to taste it and think it's delicious. Oh, sorry. Kira's already made me promise to take her in September and I'm sure I'm going to be like, "Mm, this this mayonnaise chicken is delectable. As if you're going to hold out till September. Okay. Here's the thing, a thing I would say about finding an apartment, right? Which varies very much by country. But the thing they all have in common is whether you're finding a flatmate or whether you're finding your apartment, it's very difficult. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. It's very it's easier to buy something, which is like, you know, obviously not a possibility for everybody. But like the process of buying something is so much less stressful, in my opinion, than finding a rental or finding a flatmate where Mm -hmm. you have to go and be interviewed and interview. And especially in New York, trying to find an apartment like you go and there are 40,000 other people viewing it at the same time. You're so stressed out. And you're there with your checkbook, like ready to sign on the spot without even looking at, like I did with Don, we rented an apartment in Brooklyn and failed to notice that the subway was on a high track right outside our window and went by like every five minutes. It was an absolute nightmare. Like we signed away our life savings on the spot, you know, with this landlord who was an absolute nightmare. There were vermin everywhere. It was an absolute nightmare. So just, you know, even though the competition is fierce, I would just say, try and really be logical about the questions that you have, like write a list. I was actually going to say, you know, when you move somewhere new, if you're staying somewhere temporarily, whether it's like a B&B or a hostel or with a friend or whatever, I know the temptation can be, I need to get out of here. I need to find something. But just like when you reach the point where you're like, I cannot stay here anymore, give yourself an extra week because it's in rushing that you'll end up signing for something that like you did was not ideal. In New York, you won't have an extra week. You sign there or it's gone. So it's more about... Oh yeah, sorry. But like what I'm saying is if you go and see a place and you're like, oh, this isn't perfect, but I have to be out of my place. 
think to yourself, I can give myself another week in my place to find somewhere else. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's what I meant. So the other thing I would say is be open-minded, experience everything and make sure, unlike me, that if you're going to a city where there's something amazing and important of cultural significance to visit, like the Eiffel Tower or Leonardo's Last Supper, that you actually go and visit them in the first six months or you will never see them in the three years that you live there. You never go to the Eiffel Tower. I walked underneath it. I never went up it. Well, I went to the Eiffel Tower with my ex-boyfriend on that ill-fated weekend. People can read about it in my book. This is not about you, Juet, this July. And the line for the elevator was too long. So we decided to buy a ticket for the stairs or whatever. And we walked up about 200 steps and then gave up, came back down. Well, that's exactly what happened to me. I kept going like, oh, sure, I'll go up now tomorrow. I'll go next weekend. I'll go next. We'll go when mom and dad are here. I'll go. When... And then suddenly I was like, I'm moving. I've never been. Well, listen, so... when you've been up one high thing, you've been up them all. Isn't that what they say? I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> you know what I would also say? Good luck to our oh, listener. Oh, great. Moving. Best of luck. You'll have a great time. Yeah, you will have a great time. You'll never regret a move. As I learn now, having absolutely refused to move out of Ireland for 20, 35 years. And I don't regret moving now that I finally did. I wish I'd done it sooner, in fact. Do you? Well, I wish I'd gone. I wish I'd done like a year abroad. Yeah. Mom says you, you mom says you spent four weeks in Milan. No, she doesn't. She said a summer. You absolute cow. (laughs) I also on this group chat. How do you think you're going to get this past me? I forgot. I thought this was just me. (laughs) (laughs) Never trust your bitch sister. That's the main (laughs) advice. Thanks for listening. Bye. (laughs) Oh, I'm such an idiot. Not Without My Sister is recorded in studio in Fort Wayne by Don Kirkland, who also wrote our theme tune, and the original illustration is by Lindsay Nielsen. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.